Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of the Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. Also, check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great interviews, articles, podcasts, videos, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. Lots of things to get into today. We're going to be joined by Matt Moscona of ESPN 104.5 in Baton Rouge. He also does the Locked On Tigers podcast down there for LSU. So we're going to talk about this basketball game happening tonight between Arkansas and LSU. We'll also talk some national championship with him as well. So it should be a great podcast as always. Uh, but I want to start off with, uh, first off, just again, thanking everybody for sticking with me for the past few weeks and, and everything that's been going on. I know that it's been crazy for me and I'm sure it's been a lot pretty hectic for you and all the holidays and everything. But New year, new me, or whatever that means. So we're going to keep it going, and we're going to have some fun here. And and talking about this game a little bit tonight, uh, just from my perspective, as Arkansas goes up against LSU on the road, LSU sitting at 9-4 and four on the season. They're 1-0 and oh in conference play as they got a nice little victory going on the road to Tennessee this past weekend. And uh, it should be a real true test for Arkansas. But there are a few things that I will say that really benefit Arkansas in this game. Now, it's tough to really say what benefits Arkansas and what doesn't because I thought that when they went up against Indiana, for instance, or even a team like Texas A&M that has a lot of solid players down low, and more specifically I'm talking about uh, the A&M team, or the Indiana team, excuse me, but when they had size down low, I thought that that would be a problem for Arkansas, that it would really end up causing them issues, that it would be uh, a game that Arkansas just isn't set to win because of that matchup, and I was proven wrong, as many of us were. And so when I sit back and I start to think, all right, so you know, what, what are we looking at here in this game where LSU may or may not match up very well, can I really bet against Arkansas at this point? And I don't think I can, not until they prove me wrong. Now, they're not perfect. They're not a team that's going to go undefeated in a conference play, but I, I just have a hard time believing that this Arkansas team is going to lose because of lack of coaching or lack of preparation. That's just not going to happen. It's impossible. It will not happen with this team. And the thing about LSU is that they're not a great rebounding team. That's right. They are not a great rebounding team. And in fact, they've gotten a little better as the season goes on, but they're also a team that has a lot of turnovers. They turn the ball over like crazy. Uh, like I said, they've gotten better. They only had eight turnovers against Tennessee. But if you look at it, especially earlier in the season, they were averaging close to 20 turnovers a game. So those are the two factors that may really go into Arkansas's favor because Arkansas is not the best rebounding team ever. But if they're going up against another team that's not very good at rebounding, then they might have a little bit of a, a benefit there. And the same thing with a team that doesn't take care of the basketball, Arkansas we know can take advantage. And the thing is that's frustrating about that is that Arkansas is so good at steals and causing turnovers, but good grief do they suck at transition offense. It is terrible. And I hope that they can find some way to shore that problem up. Uh, I always make the joke that the days of Jalen Barford, like if it was a transition, if it was coming after a steal, if it was a transition basket, 100% knew that if Jalen Barford had the ball in his hands, he was going to score. There was no stopping him. He was just that good. And it's been the same way with other teams and other players and then the Mike Anderson era because they work so much on transition that it was always perfect when they got out. Now, 
I think that Arkansas can work on it, but I'm telling you, Mason Jones is not good in transition offense. Neither is Desi Sills. Uh, none of those guys are. And Isaiah Joe's not built that way. So, yeah, get the steals, but also you got to turn them into points. You can't have it to where you have numbers, you're three-on-one going down the court after a steal, and you can't get a bucket. <clears throat> like You just can't have that, especially on the road. So look for this game to be one where Arkansas really tries to pound uh, them down, down low in the rebounding, try to get aggressive with them a little bit, try to push them around, uh, depending on how the game's called, too, with the fouls and everything. But it all comes down to this, as we know, folks, and as we've seen from this team, if Mason Jones and Isaiah Joe can make their threes, maybe Desi Seals can get involved, too, on the three-point land, and Jimmy Witt can give you those little easy jumpers right underneath the basket. I don't I say easy sarcastically because they always look ugly as sin, but still finds a way to be pretty consistent with it. If they can do those things, they will get out of there with a victory. But it's about executing and being consistent, especially on the road. This team is built to win on the road, went away from home. We've seen it already in two different games. Should have been three if they would have just – they should have won at Western Kentucky. But that's the thing is that this – College basketball is always weird. You never know what the other team's going to do. But I like Arkansas's chances. They're six-and-a-half-point dogs in this game. I like their chances. Not saying they'll win, but it's not going to be a blowout. It's not going to be a game where Arkansas just doesn't have a chance in it. I don't see any game like that happening this year. But I guess we'll have to wait and see and find out later tonight. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Arkansas and LSU basketball coming at you tonight, live from Baton Rouge. 8 p.m. is when the tip-off will be. And to talk a little more about that, let's welcome in host of After Further Review on ESPN 104.5 in Baton Rouge, Matt Moscona. Matt, I I appreciate you joining us as always, man. I got to ask you, though. Are fans more focused on this basketball game tonight or more focused on uh, a thing called the national championship coming up next on Monday? Bro, people here don't even know basketball tipped off yet. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean that obviously facetiously. Um, LSU got a big win over Tennessee this weekend, but it's it for the first time in the playoff era, LSU being in the playoff and now the championship game in New Orleans, nonetheless, again, for the fourth time. Um, People are, are watching the clock, tapping their foot till till you know this coming Monday when LSU and Clemson are going to play. So eventually they'll circle back and, and zero in on basketball. But right now, uh, it is a football crazed mindset all over the state. Well, I can imagine because it'd probably be the same way at most schools, especially here at Arkansas, if that was the case for them. And we'll get to the talking a little more about the national championship here in just a second. But first, let's start with this basketball team for LSU. You know, last year was a great regular season for them. Uh, I mean, they had some great players. They get into the tournament. They advance a little bit there. And this year now with Will Wade, they're sitting at 9-4. and four. You mentioned the big win over Tennessee over the weekend. Just an assessment from you so far this season. How has LSU looked? Is it about what you expected out of him? Have they overachieved? Just what's the overall feel right now for this basketball team? So I think it's probably about what, what we expected. And it's not that dissimilar from what they were a year ago either. Um, the the difference is later in their run. Kind of the, A year ago, LSU struggled early in the pre-conference Um to kind of find their footing on the road, they they lost in a, you know a game where they didn't handle the road environment well at Houston, which was a really good team a year ago. 
they went down to the Bahamas and, and had a game one over a ranked Florida State team and just gagged it away at the end of regulation. But they kind of got better because of that and gelled a little bit. And then one, uh, they went up to Vegas and beat St. Mary's and then came home and beat Furman. And those may not sound like nice wins on the marquee, but those are both teams that were you know, 20, 25 win teams that won, you know, one made, uh, made it to the tournament. So, um, they kind of caught, you know, gathered their footing late in, co- in a non-conference play and then never lost in conference play a year ago on the road. So it was similar this year. They struggled at, they had a close game at VCU. They had a chance to win and lost. Uh, they went down to Jamaica and had, they, I mean, they had Utah State, which is a ranked team, had them beat, but gagged it away late. And then, you know, they, they came home and they played Liberty, which was previously undefeated, got the win, looked really good in doing it. And then, um, they went on the road and beat Tennessee to open up conference play. The big difference for LSU this year, guys, that y'all notice immediately is there's no Tremont Waters. You know, he's, he's playing for the Boston Celtics, and they've struggled to find a closer late in games. Uh, there's no Nas Reed, and there's no Cavell Bigby Williams. So their size down in the post is gone, and they really didn't replace it. I think, candidly, if you ask Will Wade, he'd like to have a rim protector, but they just don't have one. So they're playing a little smaller. Uh, Will says, you know, when he was at Chattanooga and VCU, he didn't have seven footers. So this is actually a roster he's more familiar with coaching, but it's it, it was a struggle early in the pre-conference for them uh, to find their footing without that size, without a rim protector. But it seems like maybe they're starting to figure it out a little bit. What has happened? This was a team that early on in the season was having trouble taking care of the basketball, turning it over yeah. twenty plus times a game. Uh, against yep. Tennessee, though, they cut that down to eight. Against Arkansas, that's imperative. You can't turn the ball over and have success against Arkansas. What, what's been the difference, and can they take care of the ball against the Hogs? So that's I, – I don't know if they can, John. I mean, I just uh, – you know, I'm curious if um, – so uh, Tremont Waters was, was the guy a year ago, and you lose Tremont, and so they've got guards, but – I think both Skylar Mays and Javante Smart are probably better two guards playing off ball and, and, and as shooters and you know, creating within the offense. So they've really struggled to determine who's going to be that guy that's taking the ball up and is running the point. You know, they'll that that won't be a problem next year. They got a you know a really good point guard from Baton Rouge area signed who will be you know fill that role next year. But that doesn't really help them this year. Um, the other the other thing that was interesting as well is. You know, Trendon Watford's a freshman of five stars playing the four. And, you know, and, and I think he was probably pressing a little bit early and trying to do too much and was turning the ball over way too much. But really the problem was, was Javante not being comfortable running that true point guard role. Um, you know, and, and it's such a small sample when you look at, at Tennessee and the, the previous game against Liberty when they seem to have cut down those turnover numbers. Can they continue it, or was that a, just a, a moment in time, a small sample? I, we'll find out. Like I said, this is a good test to do it, but there's no question. There's a direct correlation with two things when you look at LSU. Um, their, their turnover numbers and then their three-point percentage. This is a team that will take awful three-pointers. Uh, LSU, last I checked, I can look this up real quick, guys, but the last I checked, LSU was second in the country in two-point field goal percentage. They're phenomenal uh, at, at getting open looks and finishing, but they take terrible three-pointers. And so that can cause their overall shooting percentage to crater, and when there's too many empty possessions, that's where LSU's had a problem. It's 
It's turnovers and taking bad threes. I mean, that that has been LSU's major issue so far through this point in the season. Well, Matt, let me ask you just about this conference in general, because last year it seemed like LSU being one of those teams, Kentucky, Auburn, I mean, it was a conference that really had some high-level teams and teams that a lot of people felt like had chances at the Final Four, Auburn being the team that did make it there. And this year, so far at least, we know that Auburn's undefeated. They're a good team. They're a top 10, top 5 team. Kentucky's always going to be there, even though they seem a lot more beatable this year. It seems like this conference is just really tough to figure out at this point in time. What do you make of this? Do you see any high-level teams in this conference right now that might be able to make another run at the Final Four this year? I think Kentucky and Auburn are probably the obvious answers. Um, but just look at, at, at how much talent purged out of the league. I mean, just look, look at Tennessee, for example. And Tennessee spent a chunk of the season last year number one in the country. Yeah. Well, you lose Grant Williams and you lose Admiral Schofield. I mean, it, yeah, A&M obviously has a rebuild there under Buzz. I know Arkansas got that win over A&M. But, but you know, the flip side of it is you've got a really good coach like Musselman coming into the league at Arkansas. And it looks like it, it, Arkansas is a 12-1 and or certainly on their way. Um, yeah, I think part of the resurgence we saw the SEC was the league. We probably talked about this last year, guys, but the league hired really good coaches. You know, and you got you know when when you when you're Mississippi State and you fire Rick Ray and hire Ben Howland, the guy who's been to multiple Final Fours. I mean, that's a that's a noticeable upgrade. So I just I think you just had a situation where you had a talent purge in the league after last year. It was just a weird cycle. But I I don't think I think with the level of coaching in the SEC that the the standard is going to be higher for the league and more consistently you're going to see six, seven, maybe eight teams make the big dance. This is probably a year, though, where you're looking at maybe four or five. It's just, I just don't think the league's great this year, but I also don't think that's going to be the norm. All right, let's switch gears a little bit, Matt, and, and talk about this national championship game. And, and the last time we had you on is when Arkansas and LSU played each other, and you said that, you know, how surprising it was to see LSU be as good as they were but now this is where it really counts the most they've made it to this point joe burrow wins the heisman trophy they're playing in the national championship they absolutely what they did to oklahoma what should have been a crime i I mean it was just disgusting how bad it's just amazing how well this team's playing and it doesn't seem like anything's stopping them i don't see any way that lsu loses to clemson and that's no disrespect to clemson it's just i feel like lsu is that good what do you see about this game and this matchup against the tigers yeah, I think the question and the I, I mean, I think at this point everyone recognizes what LSU's offense is. And when you're when you're 14 games in and you're having the type of season that that LSU's having offensively, you're, you're not really guessing anymore. It's a 14 game sample, and they've seen just about everything, right? So they they saw Todd Grantham and all that pressure from Florida and put up 40, and the great defensive line from Auburn and they put up 500 yards and. Then it was, well, can they go on the road and win at Bama? Well, they put up 46 points and 600 yards. And then, well, Georgia's the best defense in the country, and they were statistically, and LSU basically toyed with them. It's, at this point, we know they're just – LSU offensively, in particular Joe Burrow, is a – he is a professional playing college football. There just isn't an, a defense in college football that can stop this offense. That, that much we know. The flip side of it is that – Clemson has a similar offense in the sense that they've got a quarterback that'll probably be the number one pick in the draft next year. They got two six four receivers that are freak shows that'll be first round NFL picks. Travis ATN's an NFL running back. So my contention all year has been LSU's not infallible. I mean, I I think they can be beaten, but to do so you just have to outscore them. 
you'll have to win a, a 46-45 type game, a, mm-hmm. a, 40, a 41-38 type game. Uh, can Clemson do that? Sure. I mean, I think they got the offense equipped to do that. They got plenty of talent. They're comfortable in the setting. Um, I think LSU being favored by five and a half is probably about right. Uh, but you know, Clemson is probably one of the teams that's equipped offensively to hang with LSU. I just think the question is, can LSU's defense get stops? If LSU's defense can get four stops in this game and you give the offense a chance to build a lead, it's just what we've seen all year. You can try to play ball control against LSU, but if you if you chew five minutes of clock but don't score and you give the ball to Joe Burrow, they'll be in the end zone in four, three, four plays, and then you're down. And if you, you know, and that's that's multiple possessions how they build a lead. It's we've just seen it all year. So I'm I'm fascinated to see what LSU's defense has cooked up for Clemson's offense because I think that's where the game is won or lost. Matt, you used the phrase "comfortable" in that setting. Clemson obviously has you know many years and, and several several trips to the college football playoff under their belt. LSU does not. Uh, is that a factor in this game? Is is LSU? Um, you know, going to have any stage fright, if you will, being on this stage, or is the weekend week out battles of the SEC enough to prepare them for this moment? Yeah, you know, I y'all probably saw the clip from after the Oklahoma game where Joe Burrow got asked about all the records they set against Oklahoma, um, and he said January thirteenth. It's the only record we care about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked that question. The volleyball spiked it back in my face. Uh, they're just, they follow the beat of the drum of their leader. And this has been such a laser focused team that the moment I don't think will be too big. The other thing too, is the last two games LSU's played, we had the same conversation. The SEC championship game, they played Georgia who had been there three years in a row and LSU toyed with them. And that was a de facto Georgia home game. Played Oklahoma in the semifinals. Well, Oklahoma has been in the semifinals four straight years. And that certainly didn't seem to matter. Um, I just, I just don't expect jitters or nervous energy because we just haven't seen it. This is a different stage, and maybe we will this time around, but it feels like we've just watched this team on every stage throughout the year. If it was playing in Austin a week two or going to Bama and winning, or like we mentioned, SEC championship game, the semifinals, they've just been locked in on this. And so when this has been their goal all season long, it's, it's hard to think that once they get to the doorstep of it, they're going to start becoming something that they haven't been for 14 games. So, I, I mean, I respect the fact that Clemson's been there, and maybe it would matter for some teams. I just don't think it matters for this LSU team. Matt, you know, I, I got to mix it up a little bit and ask you because I value your opinion, especially on these types of things. But uh, since last time we were able to catch up, you know, Arkansas had fired Chad Morris. They have moved on. They had, they had hired Sam Pittman. He's got his staff together, hired Barry Odom as his defensive coordinator, Kendall Browse as his offensive coordinator. Uh, I think that as as far as excitement goes, it's hard to have excitement when you go back-to-back years of 2-10. and 10. But I think Ragebreck fans are optimistic, at least at this point in time. What did you think of the Sam Pittman hire, and what do you think Arkansas can maybe expect with him being as the head coach? It's the Ogeron model. Like, this is this is the influence that Ed Ogeron's success is having on college football. Uh, and I think, it's, I think it's fascinating. Because if you think about it, like – Sam Pittman and Ed Ogeron, like what they've done, same thing. I mean, Arkansas went and hired a guy that is that loves the school, that is will be a that is a noted recruiter, right? I mean, he's going to have great energy. He's going to recruit. Never been a head coach, but it's like okay, we'll delegate to two great coordinators 
Uh, LSU obviously has two highly paid coordinators. Arkansas, for the first time in their program's history, has two million dollar coordinators. Doesn't it make sense? I mean, it's yeah. it's it's very much the model of what LSU's done with Ed. And I mean, my my I kind of have this this theory that you're going to see more of this in college football, where you you maybe don't have the specialized head coach, but the guy that is a great organizer that can be the big energy guy that's great in the living room that's going to relate to recruits, but that can delegate, hire great staff and delegate, it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, ultimately, Sam Pittman's going to have to get players because in the SEC West, when you're going to face, I mean, you know it, you face Bama and LSU and Auburn and A&M and all that stuff. I mean, you're, you're up against it. And if they can get players, I, I think they can win. I'm, I'm probably most interested to see what Kendall Browse can do offensively because I, you know, I, I think we've talked about this enough. I don't know that Arkansas is ever going to be able to get one to eighty-five a roster to match Bama or LSU or some of the heavyweights in the league, but can it be good enough with a schematic advantage to compete like they were at Bobby Petrina, where you had that three-headed monster receiver and a really you know, talented quarterback who was a high NFL draft pick? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that's doable. I, it it makes I don't know if it'll work, but it makes a lot of sense what Arkansas did. All right, last one before I let you get out of here, Matt. Who's the real Death Valley? I got to ask you. Clemson or LSU, who's, who's the real Death battle Valley Battle the Tigers, here? battle of Death Valley. There's a, lot, yeah. there's a lot to decide on Monday. Yeah, who's the real Death Valley, Matt? If you polled every college football fan in the country and said, where, if you were completely neutral in the game, where would you rather spend a Saturday night? In Clemson, South Carolina, or Baton Rouge, Louisiana? Who do you think wins that poll? I would say LSU in a landslide. Yeah, in a landslide. <laughs> so I think that's your answer. All right. Hey, fair enough, man. I think it's going to be a great game and a great matchup. And uh, I know that uh, LSU is uh, primed for a national championship. This might be finally the year. Matt Moscona, he's the host of After Further Review down there on ESPN 104.5 in Baton Rouge. Always appreciate it, Matt. Enjoy the national championship game, man. I'm really jealous of it. It should be a great one. Have a good one, man. All right, fellas. Happy New Year. Talk to you all soon. Well, appreciate everybody that's been listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have, and we will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.